What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? So I had Tom Moriarty on the podcast today, and he is the director of rehabilitation over at East Cooper Medical Center. Now, this is something a little bit different than my typical podcast, but I'm really, really excited to have him on. He's, he's a physical therapist, has done a lot of cool things, and has been on multiple sides of the coin, being a staff PT, being part of the private clinic, and now being more in a managerial kind of, we'll call it corporate role, um, role for uh, a, a, a very, very well-known hospital here in Charleston. So I hope you like his take on things. We go down some really, really interesting rabbit holes that I think you'll enjoy. So without further ado, here we go. Okay, we're live. What's up, Hi, Tom? Yves. How are Hi, you? I'm well, thanks. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I'm excited. We have Tom Moriarty. I said that correctly. You did. Yeah. So I'm, I'm right now, like, pretty much, I think I've only messed one name up out of 64, which I am personally impressed by. I get very nervous before I say names. Well, you got mine right. A lot of people don't, so <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. We've known each other for a little while. We've yeah. had some really, really cool conversations, and I really appreciate you... Uh, coming on, right? Yeah. You're a fellow physical therapist. I am. You're the only, I'm trying to think, I think you're the only physical therapist that's been on this, not directly related to Made to Move and the company. Oh, So okay. you're the first kind of like, yeah. Well, I'm flattered. Thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's an honor. Yeah. I mean, you're doing something which I think is very important yeah. and very cool, which, I mean, what would you, what is your like title? Like, yeah. How would you define what you're doing now? I'm the director of rehabilitation at East Cooper Medical Center. So I oversee the rehabilitation department for the hospital, East Cooper Medical Center, um, and I oversee uh, physical therapists. The majority of the employees I oversee are physical therapists. I oversee and manage occupational therapists and speech therapists as well. Also under the rehab umbrella is uh, wound care. So I also oversee um, specialized wound care nurses and a specialized wound care clinic. I'm responsible for the staffing, for the budgeting, for the operations of the rehabilitation department at East Cooper Medical Center. Awesome. How many uh, employees are underneath that umbrella? What, how many are you It's managing? in the low 60s. It's, okay. Yeah. yeah it's, um, I think the last I looked, I want to say, uh, I think maybe 61 or 62. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of people. I it have is. difficulty, you know, we have what, one... Five people on our team, give or yeah. give or take, and I am overwhelmed by them. Yeah. So sixty is a whole different. Yeah, animal. we have a good. Um, I have a good management structure in place, supervisors yeah. and managers um, that that um, help oversee. Yeah. That as well. Yeah. So no, I'm I mean, in I, good shape. Personally, uh, I think um, East Cooper in general. We've had two babies there. Yeah. You know, I know a few of the docs um, there as well, and I just. I love East Cooper. Very, very highly recommend. In my my humble, humble opinion. Well, thanks for that. You know, they we are, I think, 14 years running, um, number one in patient satisfaction in the company. And that's, and it is, I was recently a, a patient there. And of course, people know me. But the way I was taken care of, um, 
they, they weren't doing it because they knew me. It was so natural. I was impressed with, um, you know, everybody who touched me along the way, including like anesthesiology, and of course they don't work for the hospital, mm -hmm. um, the doctor, and it is it is really a special place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not getting paid for this, but I truly yeah. think that when you walk into East Cooper, just kind of like the outdoor area, all the um, offices and everything and the people, it's definitely not typical of what most people would think a hospital you know, would kind of be like, even by look and feel and touch points, as you said. So, yeah. you know, I really think that Tenet is kind of a bigger company, right? Yeah, really kind of done something. Tenet is our parent company. Right, yeah. right. Kind of try to do something different than what you'd think of other kind of hospitals. Yeah. The way, like, it very seems very specialized and very, like, very pa patient experience exactly. um, focused, for right. sure. Which obviously made to move, that is our number one focus, yes. too. So it's really, really cool to see that yeah. being done at a kind of corporate level. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. enough talking about East Cooper. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. I would love to hear, so you've ended up um, here and doing some really cool things, which I think we'll circle back to. Yeah. But I would love to know, you know, how do you even get, you know, into being excited about doing physical therapy and then you know obviously from a practitioner obviously um i kind of know personally yeah. you owned a uh, private practice at some point too what was that like so yeah, sure. maybe start from the beginning of how you got interested maybe in yeah. the physical therapy field yeah so i was i was actually i, I um in, in college at the university of south carolina i, I was a pre-med biology and an english major and i really sort of began to gravitate more towards uh, English and education and so forth. Um, so I didn't I didn't end up applying to med school and I got out and I worked in a in a private school for autistic children, a residential school. And you I met were a teacher. I was um, a teacher's assistant. Okay. Really, I, I was responsible for these were small classrooms, so I was responsible for the sort of the behavioral uh, component of the education of these kids. Interesting. Yeah, it was it was a cool, very very yeah. good experience. Kind of like ABA therapists now. They, this school was a private residential school for children who were too. Uh, they were not manageable in their home school mm -hmm. districts or systems, and their parents had a hard time managing them. So they came here for residential um, education and treatment to sort of prepare them for the least restrictive environment after. Cool. And, okay. I, it was, and it was a good experience. And there, you know, I was trying to figure out, I, I thought, well, maybe I'll go into special education or sure. elementary education. But I met an occupational therapist and I saw what he was doing and we talked. And he encouraged me to look at physical therapy. And when I looked at it, um, it really appealed to me. I really had an interest in pediatrics at that point, mm -hmm. but I was also... Um, I knew we got a lot. That was my original yeah, goal as well. Yeah. I, remember, I remember that. And... Um, but I was also doing some running and, and swimming and thinking about triathlons at that point in my life. And okay. I liked the uh, sports component of PT. So I, um, I applied and got into school here. And that's, um, that's, that's, how, I, that's how I started out. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So uh, where did you, go to, did you go to school here? I went to school at the Medical University of South Carolina. Okay. I have a Bachelor of Science degree in physical okay. therapy. And yeah. a Bachelor of Arts in English Literature. Gotcha. So yeah. we, you know. In this that very, dates me. Yeah, in this very <laughs> clinic, we have all of them then, except for the, the people who, I remember there was a, I forgot her name, Erica, she ran the MUSC thing. Erica, Erica. Um, Rivalis? Rivalis. Yeah, she, she actually had a, 
Like it she had a certificate, about, maybe. She had a certificate, yeah, yeah. which was crazy. It just shows you how young our profession is, yeah. how quickly it's evolved. Correct. Right? And so I have a master's, I don't even have my doctorate. Right. And I don't tell anybody. Um, and then everybody else in here all has their doctorate. Doctorate. So yeah. We have a new grad who has his uh, doctorate from Duke, and then Nate mm-hmm. obviously got his doctorate from MUSC. So we got it all here. Yeah. So it's cool to see how much our profession has definitely evolved over yeah. the, the years. For sure. Yeah. So, um, how was PT school? What did you think? You know, like it was intense. Yeah. It was good. I enjoyed it. You know, I, when I was in college at the University of South Carolina, I was I worked my way through, so I never had the luxury of just studying. I was mm-hmm. studying and working. And I really appreciated the ability to um, um, buckle down and study. It was yeah. intense. Um, in my uh, in the last year there, in the fall, Hurricane Hugo hit. So uh-huh. it was um, challenging. Yeah. Uh, my wife's school teacher, and she taught down here, so I had the luxury of, of not working. And I really did enjoy the, the people I met. I enjoyed the intensity of the study. Yeah. Certainly enjoyed the science component of it uh, and the anatomy. Sure. Um, and I um, just, you know, you, you, you kind of hunker down and do that, and then you just can't wait to get out and yeah. put it into practice. Did you do pediatrics immediately I did. afterwards? No, I didn't. I did a pediatric rotation. Mm-hmm. I worked, um, I did at uh, Charles Webb Easter Seal Center. Oh, yeah. My, my, uh, my sister went there way back she did. in the day. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I'd, yeah, that's interesting. It was, it was hard. I mean, it's com- pediatric physical therapy is complex. Sure. In my mind. Yeah. Um, and I did, I also had the, the sports and ortho pull, pulling at me. Sure. Um, so my last rotation was in sports and orthopedics, and I decided to to go that direction. Okay. Yeah, and I put pediatrics uh, behind me. Okay. Yeah. So um, out of school, yeah. Right, staff PT job. Yeah, staff PT initially at the medical university. You mentioned Erica Ravallis, and uh, was Charlene Baker at the time was Erica's boss. Charlene hired me, and then I think Charlene moved on, and I worked for Erica for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Spinal cord rehab at first, I was really decided. Um, I, I got hired before my last rotation. My last rotation was orthopedic and sports. Uh, and I just felt like uh, being married, my wife was sort of carrying the load. I was able to commit to a job early. Back then, you could work before, as a PT before you had your license. It was okay. contingent upon getting your license. But you could work at that, that level and study for your exam. So I, I committed to MUSC. They put me on the spinal cord rehab for eight weeks then um, transferred me to ortho and then um, uh, the fellow I did my rotation with who I consider a mentor Frank Santangelo mm-hmm. yep. rehab centers at Charleston came back and offered me a position in outpatient orthopedic and sports so I I took it I guess I worked for MedU for about three to four months okay and then it was RCC okay yeah. gotcha so just yeah. got super excited about hey now I can maybe work more with athletes. And more I knew what I wanted to focus on. Yeah. Uh, sports, orthopedics, um, sideline <laughs> coverage. We were covered covered Bishop England soccer mm-hmm. back then. That was so much fun. You might have been some of my games back in the yeah. day. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it was and fun. Then, so, um, well, I'd love to just kind of ask how you think the, even during that time, how the profession has maybe evolved. Yeah. Or what you know? What was the profession like? Kind of like yeah. back then, as opposed to even now. Yeah, that's a great question. I think back, and I remember that that time. It was before 
uh, managed care and, and sort of the, the payers began to kind of focus on limiting visits. Yeah. So this was apparently the golden age. For it PTs. was the golden age yeah. for PTs. So ACL reconstruction. We saw people three times a week for nine months. Okay. So you had um, you had lots of time to take them from their to you know now we get them to a baseline function and we've lost that ability to fine tune their performance. And that's particularly important, as you know, with athletes. Mm -hmm. And the people we saw back then, these were recreational softball players, uh, soccer players, high school soccer and football, um, um, people who were, were uh, you know, in one form or another, recreational, and then some college athletes as well, we saw. So that, um, it was the golden age. Um, I think if we look at it, in, in, in all fairness, it did correct and it should have in terms of, for, for the standpoint of yeah. the payer. Um, maybe a little bit too much. On maybe were you seeing people one-on-one -on -one back then or was there still more of like, were you seeing multiple patients? We were seeing multiple patients. Were you? Yeah, okay. yeah. We had assistants and... Um, so that hadn't changed even before no. when, we We also had the luxury of doing well, you know, with athletes, a lot of well-body exercise. So they, we, could, we could set them up on a, on a program to condition their upper extremities and other components of the body. We had the luxury of doing that. And we mm -hmm. did that with, with everybody who fit that category. The other great thing back then was we saw, you know, there was a time when, when ankle grade one, two, and three sprains that were coming through the door. I would say saw 10 a week at least, acute ankle sprains. And uh, that changed. The payers stopped. And, and there was a point at which, as an orthopedic physical therapy, that dwindled and dwindled. And I yeah. think that's a real loss. Where did they, where did they go down? I, I think they're managed by, by handing, uh, they're, they're probably handed by, um, probably handed an exercise sheet. Yep. Do this. And of course, you know, you know what happens to the proprioception. Um, and, and, and okay, what set them up in the first place for an ankle sprain is probably some hip weakness. Sure. So it's, it is a real, it is, it is really, yeah. um, I think that is a, something that was great back then. And not, not that they needed extensive yeah. number of visits, but some acute care, some exercise, some looking at what it might have been the contributing mechanism mm -hmm. and prevention. And that's, that's something that's, that's been lost. And they were coming direct access though. They were not. They, they were, were referred. Ortho, they were they were being referred by ortho. Refer and now they're just being referred less, basically, Correct. right? Yes. So we're kind of, you know, um, most people would know this, but we're kind of out of like what we call the typical insurance-based loop. Like yes. we're pretty much ninety percent, if not greater. Self-referral. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Word of mouth and direct access. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see how much that's changed. Yes. You know, obviously, I've, we've decided to kind of go a different route um, with that and. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw that trend when I was in the insurance space practice yeah. as well. That it was just like we were not getting people uh, as quickly as um, we thought we could help them yep. uh, more effectively if we would have gotten them early, unfortunately. Yep. And I, I definitely think that trend is continuing to, uh, to worse, is not like I don't think it's a determination of better or worse. It just continue to get longer and longer in a lot of regards. Yep. You know, and I wonder though, with the advent of more direct access for PTs now, you can see it happening. More where people are like, okay, we could possibly be the first contact for some yep. of these musculoskeletal. Yeah, so so to be a primary care musculoskeletal physical therapist, I think that's a great opportunity. I think the challenge there is we have to distinguish ourselves from um, the trainers, mm -hmm. you know, trainers, performance yeah. people, which yep. which are highly specialized and they do great stuff. And mm -hmm. of course, they're they're um, um, we work in synergy with them. Yes, but um, you know, we I think we do have an opportunity. 
I think it would be great if folks, if we could um, get it in the mindset that, you know, why not have a preemptive physical therapy musculoskeletal visit once every six months, you know? Well, how's your shoulder doing? Because they might not have shoulder pain, but if you could screen the rotator cuff to prevent impingement, uh, to be able to prevent that downtime from a from a you know the eventual outcome, the, the yeah. thing that's going to happen if your rotator cuff is weak, is of great value to patients. Yeah, yeah, we've definitely noticed the the model, which we'll just call it more. I'm trying to create a uh, framework around what we do because it's definitely the you know it's not really done anywhere else. Yeah. at least not on a big level. So we're calling it kind of performance based care. Right. You know, so I'm yeah. focusing more on. Uh, how somebody performs not only on field, but somebody else performs in their life, right? And so yeah. that's a really, really easy justification for people to come see us on a regular basis, and yeah. we're seeing it more and more often, which is really, really cool. So people will do what you're talking about. So we have a certain percentage of our patients who come see us on a monthly or quarterly or sometimes even like a biannual basis yeah. just to come in and say, for us just to talk to them, how's your training going, right? How much are you working out? What do your warm-ups look yeah. like? Like, what's kind of bothering you? Like, we all have aches and pains. If you train relatively hard or even yeah. just normal everyday life, there's things that creep up. Cool. Let's talk about the things that have crept up over the past month or so, and let's talk about what things we can do to improve that. Like, that's a really fun place to be, you know, uh, for a lot of these people, and, and they're, you know, they love it, and we really enjoy it as well. That's exciting. You've seen that. That's yeah. really value added to to. Uh, Community health. Yes. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so it's cool to just see now, which I can confidently say that there are now as small as it is, there's still now thousands of other performance based PTs who are doing that. Yeah. And that was definitely not something that was prevalent when I, even five years ago, even three years ago when I first started. Right. And for sure. None, not, none of it was non existent. Yeah. 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 And when I, think, I started. Yeah. And I think that hopefully that'll become more and more uh, prevalent. And I love the fact that you said in synergy, right? Like there's yeah. not. We're not replacing orthopedics. Nope. You know, we're not um, physical therapists. We're not replacing orthopedic surgeons. Obviously, we're athletic trainers. This is something where we can work kind of in synergy. Yep. With everybody. Yes. Yeah. Uh, For the benefit of population health, which is. Right. Yeah. Right. Which, as great as modern medicine is, <laughs> yeah. our population health is not reflected. Is reflected at right. Correct. Like yeah, technology and that stuff has gone up, where population health, unfortunately, is not. Right. So I wonder. I wonder how we make those changes. I don't, I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> it's a deep <laughs> podcast right there. Yeah, it is. You just talk be about hot. that. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. it's a, it'd be a, a big can of worms. Right. All right, so go back to your story. Yeah. Right? Your um, Frank's, Frank Santangelo. Frank Santangelo is your a mentor. Yep, staff yeah. PT. Staff PT. Right? I know that there's more to that story. So, like, maybe, you know, whatever you're willing to share. Like sure. How you kind of... Um, you know, grew with them. Yeah, and so like and then we worked very closely with um, uh, what was Charleston Orthopedics at the time, an orthopedic specialist. Yeah, I remember those, a lot of those guys. Those yeah. doctors, well, um, and you said you talked about the golden age, and I, I can we we probably saw walk-ins, you know, post-surgery walk-ins, you know, because mm-hmm. you're affiliated with the clinic, and they'd come over and they'd have their operative report, you know, with a diagram of of their meniscectomy or a plica resection. Um, what was done in terms of uh, chondroplasty. And it was so, as a new PT, to be in that environment, have access to the orthopedics and have the specificity of the procedure and then design programs around that, it was exciting. Yeah. And then it was a volume. It was to, to see an, a, a number of patients, it's what I needed 
early mm -hmm. is to see and get my hands on a lot of patients. Um, we also did uh, sports injury clinics, so the, the, the Saturday morning injury clinics. And we, we um, and, and in fact, we did, there was no direct access in the state, but you, you as a PT, um, would, would function in that way. You'd have a physician in the clinic and an athletic trainer, but you'd have a person uh, come in with an injury and you got to, to assess that without, you know, just from scratch. It was an extremely uh, valuable experience for me and very, very, very exciting. Yeah. I, uh, that's one thing, even back, even now, and even when we had the insurance-based clinic, we didn't have a lot of that. Like, everyone's so busy, we did not have that back and forth. Right. Like, even getting an op report sometimes was like pulling teeth. Talking to the doctor was next to impossible, which I really just, um, especially as a new grad, like, I liked having physical therapist mentors, and I really yeah. enjoyed that, but I really, so one thing I liked about being in acute care yeah. was that team, you know, the nurses, you had the, like, everybody right. talked, yeah. you know, and now it's like, why isn't everybody talking to each other? Like, this surgery is totally different than this surgery, like, there's a protocol yeah. here, but these people are totally different, I'd love to know kind of what the, the yeah. doctor would say. I know, and it's, some of that's lost, and it's, it's, um, it's, um, yeah, it's sad, it is, and, you know, if you take, for example, shoulders are so different in terms of what might have taken place in there and it's very very in, in the surgery and very important to know the specifics yeah that must have been cool though to kind of be, it was really you know, cool right and you're on field which is yeah. awesome yeah you have uh man you're getting or so you get, you, it's like on, we gotta start implementing all yeah. these things so yeah. you're, you're on the field you yeah. see an acute injury you assess it on the spot yeah um you, you can kind of learn from that okay what is it they're in the injury clinic the next day or do they need to get right to the er to the doctor and then mm -hmm. you can sort of um, get the feedback as to what it was, and you, you just learn, okay, that was that. And after you see it a number of times, um, um, just a great learning experience. And, and from there, you know, my, my early goals, I always I wanted, I focused early on, I wanted to be uh, board certified. Okay. So um, I did, I think it was in 2007 or 2008, did get my OCS. Mm -hmm. And the way that I was able to practice uh, with my mentor and in that setting really set me up for success on that um, exam. Yep. You know, they presented sort of case study after case study and I felt very fortunate with my practice background that I could, I easily was able to visualize the test questions, um, visualize that patient. That was very, very helpful to me. That's cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so you get the OCS. Yeah. What happens in your staff PT? And well, in OCS and then... Um, Staff PT, um, then uh, RCC at one point, I was promoted to clinical director North Charleston Clinic. Okay. So now I'm directing a clinic, and I did that for about seven years. Mm -hmm. And then the director position at East Cooper Medical Center came open. Okay. Now I had um, uh, the company I worked with, RCC, when I started uh, physical therapy had the contract to provide outpatient therapy services and inpatient PT mm -hmm. for East Cooper. Okay, so I, really? I, I, I started right out of school with a close relationship with East Cooper Medical Center. Okay, gotcha. And then I worked for RCC seven or so years and I took a brief um, hiatus. Two years I was employed by East Cooper in the outpatient clinic as outpatient orthopedic service coordinator. Okay. And then from there, back to RCC, seven more years, and then um, director position came open at East Cooper, and I, I decided, you know, I've, 
I know what I can do clinically. I'm a director now and have some management skills, but what about budgeting? Um, what about taking on a bigger operation? I wanted yeah. that challenge. So yeah. I applied and got the position in 2005, July 2005 at East Cooper Medical Center as the director. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's a, that's a big transition for yeah. a physical therapist, you know, yeah. uh, going from a, you know, something where you're using your clinical skill set yeah. to using a completely different skill set, which, you know, with a lot of the business consulting that we do, we realize that a lot of PTs don't typically have that skill set. Right. You know, and so what was that transition like? It was, you know, initially, um, I, 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 when I transitioned over, I was still about 40% orthopedic patient care that's what they wanted me to do and they wanted me to continue to to work on the business side of that sure. and I was 60% administration um, the transition um, was challenging uh, technically mm-hmm. so to be reading budgets and to deal with productivity and to um, to be accountable to, to meet a budget month to month mm-hmm. per department per line item yeah. was was challenging but certainly manageable. Um, had a good mentor um, at East Cooper. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the bigger challenge, Eve, as I think you probably learn in, in your consulting, is the, the softer skills, what sure. we would call the emotional IQ component of relationship building. Mm-hmm. You know, who are my internal customers at East Cooper, um, with the fellow leaders and directors, um, and how do you... You build relationships in order to um, achieve what you need to do for your department, but also then um, taking a larger view. Um, it's the, a really big challenge is, um, I think, we're so passionate as PTs about the profession, and then I was passionate about private practice and orthopedics. So now you go into a, in a hospital that has 23 other cost centers that all need to be equally important yeah. to the bigger picture right and you have to subdue your enthusiasm and self-interest over your your you have to think about the collective right? you have to think about the collective and that yeah. that's that's a that was a challenging transition to make for sure yeah yeah, yeah. one that um, I'm glad you're making because I would be very bad at that because <laughs> I think PT is the best and everybody else yeah. just takes second place and yeah. I'm just kidding but yeah. you know no it's that's a tough thing you're right like I definitely most PTs that I meet um, I feel like it's pretty rare are just like very passionate about yeah the like we're just again we're a young profession yeah. you know I think we do a good job in PT school of like um, you know, say what you want. I kind of have some other issues with the PT curriculum and things yeah. like that. But in general, it's like, you know, like, hey, you, uh, we are important. Yep. We can make a big difference in people's lives. Yep. Our focus is improving people's quality of life. And here's the tools. And go out there and go get excited about it. I really think they did a good job of that at yep. school. I don't know what you think. So I, I think the same thing. Yeah. For sure. Very enthusiastic about the profession the difference that we can make in people's lives in terms of their quality of life and in terms of their, their health, restoring the restoration of their, their health, mm-hmm. really. Yep. Um, and I, I, what I like about PT is that probably um, we are a bit more whole, within the traditional medical model, we are a bit more holistic in our viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Where everything we, else is a little bit more specialized. Specialized. We're allowed to be a little bit more holistic. Yeah, and, and yeah. we need to be. We need to understand what motivates People, we get to know them yeah. uh, multiple over multiple visits. 
we have to understand how um, their their dysfunction and pain is is impacting their emotional and psychological life. Mm-hmm. What other social factors are are going to contribute to their um, to their recovery and outcome? And um, that's that's fun. I mean, to have to, to have to take that into account is is exciting. Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, if you can give uh, the profession, physical therapy profession, kind of one superpower. It would be, I feel like that, like yeah. that, you know, skill set, clinical skill set, movement based, whatever. Like, I think the ability to be able to sit down and talk to people and again treat the kind of whole person yep. and understand what's going on in their lives and then leverage might not be a good word, but I, I'm going to use it. Leverage that in order to yep. get them the best health outcome is, I think, one of the most important things. Right. And in a sense, we become a motivator and a coach. We have to assume that role yeah. if, if we want the outcome we, we you know, that they deserve. Yeah, yeah. And it's just into, a lot of different hats. Yeah, you know, and I won't go into too much of a tangent, but I feel like that in our profession is becoming slowly lost in a lot yeah. of ways, yeah. right? And so it's like, hey, this is our superpower. Why are we, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of, you know, uh, insurance reimbursement and, uh, you know, all the other things aside. Yeah. I get it's not a perfect world, but like. I definitely think that should be the biggest focus. Like, you know, for our clinic where a PT only sees around five or eight people a day, yep. max, right, spends an hour with them, sometimes longer for evaluations. We, I realize the importance of that. I mean, there's people in here where I will sit and I'm gonna talk with them and figure everything out. Could take 40 minutes of me just yep. discussing the things with them. And that, I realized, is just as powerful, sometimes not more powerful than the treatment that I may do or the exercise prescription that I may give yep. them. So, yeah. agreed. That is good stuff. Yeah, let's yeah. focus on that. Yeah, right? for sure. You know, and uh, um, you know, not to dig it in too much, yeah. but like I know you guys have a pretty more like one-on-one treatment model is pretty important to you guys. Over yeah, here, right. Like yeah, yeah. You're seeing so, people. How like what's either thirty minutes or an hour, but it is yeah. one-on-one. We are um, we are we by policy um, are are um, happily our um, tenant are our corporate um, or home office mm-hmm. sponsor, owner of the hospital, yep. they re- require that we do one-on-one therapy. It's required for Medicare, yep. right? So we have to, we do treat all of our patients and we schedule them one-on-one. And um, that uh, seems to work well for patients. It, yep. it certainly helps us to recruit physical therapists. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, because unfortunately it is not the norm, right? I mean, it is not the norm, and 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 for 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 business reasons, um, yeah, for the bottom line, um, the uh, people need to see more patients. Yeah, um, yeah, and I like I said, I continue to stand by this. It's not better or worse. It's just yeah. a different form of care. Correct. This is the one that I just particularly believe in. I'm not yeah. saying you can't. Uh, you're unable to get good quality care if somebody's seeing multiple people at once and not getting one-on-one care. That's right. You may be able to do that. That's just personally, obviously, right. I'm you know. You could, I think you will suffer a little bit on that, what you talked about in terms right. of getting to know the person sure. and truly understanding what they need. Yeah. That does suffer. Yeah. Yeah. Suffer right. some. yeah. Some people may not want that. I think yeah. it might be pretty rare, but some right. people, you know, we have to always play devil's advocate when yeah. it comes to those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's really cool stuff. It like, is cool. You know? Yeah. Um, so from a like bird's eye view, yeah. you know, of kind of, you are now, again, managing multiple people, yeah. like, you know, uh, PTs and all that stuff, kind of like all together, like, this is going to be a big question, but, yeah. you know, uh, where do you think we're at right now as far as like 
the PT profession and healthcare kind of in general, you know, yeah. like, because uh, you get a different view than I do, to right. be perfectly honest. Yeah, so, you know, we're in a bit of um, hard, to, hard to predict in that, you know, since we've had the Affordable Care Act mm-hmm. and you, a number of um, alphabet soup type things, um, yeah. bundled payment, uh, pay for performance, yeah. um, quality, um, have been implemented, and, and those are good things I mean, to, to, to control costs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so we put something in motion, yet um, uh, politics of it are such that we're not sure how long we'll, we'll remain in motion. There's some uncertainty. You know, right. the, the present administration wanted to undo uh, some of those initiatives. So it makes, uh, makes it very hard to know what direction to go in. That's mm-hmm. kind of the, the big, big picture. And that's what's challenging, for example, for, for hospitals and hospital corporations. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of our profession, I think it's, a, it's an ex, as an exciting time as, as ever because uh, we're well positioned to demonstrate value. Mm-hmm. Um, we're well positioned, I think, I think under the Affordable Care Act, uh, community health and building partnerships and relationships is, is very important. And I think as PTs, we're well positioned to do that. Our treatment is cost effective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have to make sure that we are in the mix when it comes to a bundled payment or shared reimbursement yep. from a from a hospital stay to to a post acute stay to then outpatient rehabilitation plus the surgeon if we're sharing we need to be in the in the in yep. the mix in terms of demonstrating our value and making sure that we get the reimbursement that that's that, that we should. Maybe explain real quick because some yeah. people may not know what a bundled payment is. Yeah, so a bundled payment, <laughs> to the best of my understanding, is it is a payment. That, say you, you have a, a diagnosis um, uh, of um, so yeah. in, in an orthopedic diagnosis, so yeah. uh, joint like knee replacement. replacement right? yeah. Knee replacement. Yeah. So what that means is that all everybody who touches that patient in their care, from the, the doctor to the hospital to all of the out, after care, they there will be an amount of money paid that they will all. It's a bundled payment, and they they will share in that payment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There we know. It could be five visits a PT. It could be ten visits. Correct. A PT, There's right? it's not procedure based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the hospital could eat some of that cost, yeah. or maybe they wouldn't use all the bundled payments for one of them. It should even out, I guess. Right over the long yeah. run, is that yeah. a, that's the a idea. Strategy there. Yeah. Okay. It is, or the, the, the the other thing is you're incentivized to pick and utilize um, clinical pathways that demonstrate the best outcomes. The best outcomes, yeah. Least amount of money and the best outcome Correct. at the same time, right? Because you yeah. want people coming back to your hospital, and if you just don't uh, give them the best care and they're just in and out quickly, yep. that wouldn't necessarily be a good way to get more patients. Right. Right? And that's so, correct. Yeah. That's, I mean, it makes sense in theory, right? Like yeah. It could be really well. It might be tough for some hospitals to compete on that, I guess. Right. Yeah. So, interesting. Okay. Yeah, we, so we our, our parent company is very, very strong with quality. So, I yeah. feel at East Coast, we're, yeah. we're well supported and they're sort of, um, uh, they're out, out in front of that. So, we've got plenty of support. Yeah, obviously, you just, you know, said that you're yeah. number one in patient satisfaction, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that stuff is, is hard to navigate and um, it's almost like we need to decide on something and just... Go Correct. full bore with it. Like right. Being, I feel like that's what I just took away from you. Said it's hard to be 
there's a limited amount of resources. You put a bunch of resources. Because, yeah. like, in our, I remember an insurance-based clinic, they were doing, like, PQRS, which I guess is not existing anymore. So right. you have all this time and resources and learning it, implementing it, the EMR system, and now it's gone. I right? know. Now there's something new called MIPS or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it's like, well, how long could that be around? Right. And like, all right, I'm gonna, but you have to, right? You have to implement those things. Yes, you do. We're re you're required, and it right. takes infrastructure and time, and there's costs associated with mm -hmm. that. That'll be the challenge. I really think, you know, my personal uh, take on it is as concierge and uh, cash-based, performance-based, wellness type of services yep. continue to improve, that'll be big options for patients. And then they'll kind of be these bundled payments, kind of like hospital-based systems. And you kind of just have to, I think a mix between those two is probably ideal. You yeah. know, and I just, I, what we, what we always say is I just want options for people, right? And so it's like, here's, here's our option. You know, and here's a different option. You can pick, and there's yeah. pros and cons to both. Yeah, and it, it's it's um, one size doesn't fit all. Right. I think the other value, the benefit of that is consumers have choice. Yeah. That's a good thing. And we what we want for our profession is we want people to have access to our um, to what we provide. Yeah. Yeah. And that's still overall, and I say it a thousand times on this podcast, like uh, you have choices. So what do you have to do when you have choices? You have to have you have to inform yourself. Correct. So like understand what you're getting into and the more information you typically have uh, the better and that's why which is cool this is kind of a different version of the podcast but it's again it's really important for people to know and understand this yeah you know the other side you know we talk about performance and wellness all the time so it's like well here's the other side of the coin that's you know very very powerful as well and then yeah. you can make an informed decision like that's do right. what works specifically for you yeah yeah cool and, and it so, empowers patients yeah and they start out with a confidence that, that they're uh Take control of your health, people. Like, yeah, you know there what you I mean. Go. Like you know, you can. Uh, I mean, the, the amount of information that's out out there, the access that we have. Um, you know, not to get, you know, whoa, uh, uh, America, but like you know, we just have a lot of options here and a lot of availability, and you need to go utilize those things. I yeah. think, you know, other people may not have the options, you know, that that we have here. So, right. uh, cool. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, it is yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, what are you guys about to do now? I'd love to, for you just to talk about that because I think it's really, really cool. Yeah. So, what's what up this new we, cool adventure? One, one of the exciting things yeah. is that um, we East Cooper Medical Center has been approved for a 10 bed um, inpatient rehab facility. So, um, 2021, we plan to open that unit. Uh, that unit will provide intensive rehabilitation services for. Um, people who need it, mm -hmm. and that that is that is exciting. Of course, it's gonna the project is is ongoing now, and, and um, that we're we're very excited about that. We're excited about our orthopedic service line, mm -hmm. our you know joint joint replacement um, surgeries. Great, great orthopedics. I yeah. have a few of them. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. yeah. Um, we you know uh, our sports and orthopedic uh, physicians. We're excited about that. Uh, we've added um, under the uh, employed physician groups, um, two hand surgeons. Uh, so I believe they're called the Charleston Hand Institute, and they're they're getting okay. ready to to ramp up here in September. Um, so it's it's really really an exciting time to be at, at East Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. Growth is out there. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so attacking new things is yeah. always fun, and yeah, providing and, value to the community. Right. That's yeah. kind of what it's all about. 
And I, you know, in my orthopedic background, I, I did the sports in the ortho, but I spent a lot of time um, in spine, and that was sort of my subspecialty mm-hmm. within that. And we continue at East Cooper, of course, to do um, a lot of spinal surgery. We're, we're very good at that, and that, that's fun, too. Cool. Yeah. Last, last question. Yeah. I always sometimes forget to the end, but like your definition of health and healthy would be what? Oh, healthy, and healthy. Yeah, yeah so I think that, person. you know, on the level, I, I'm, I'm holistic like you, yeah. Eve, so I think there is to health, there's a physical, psychological, emotional, there are spiritual components. Yeah. But it starts on the physical. Um, if we don't have a baseline of comfort, ability to move around in our environment, mm-hmm. and to perceive our environment, it's kind of like, in a sense, Uh, Maslow's hierarchy, if we're in pain, uh, have movement uh, um, limitations, you you have to focus on that level and you don't get to focus on um, psychological, emotional, and spiritual components. So my my definition of of health would be healthy in all of those areas, uh, but it it, it begins with um, healthy physical body, musculoskeletal system so that we can appreciate and tend to those other things as well. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Love it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, how could people find out more about the orthopedic service line or kind of what's going yeah. on over at East Cooper? Can you just kind of Yeah, you know, East Cooper Medical Center's website, www. Uh, it's um, East Cooper. I'm, you know what? I, I wish. We, look it up. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I want to get it right because it's important. Yeah, so if you go to East Cooper's website, you can find a list of all of our services, uh, all of our service lines, um, our physicians, and you, know, you can find a physician service. Okay. So did, did you pull it up? Did you yeah, find, yeah. What is it's, it? What is it's it? It's eastcoopermedctr.com. Eastcoopermedctr.com. You got it. Great. Eves, I appreciate it very much. Thanks so much for coming in. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it too. It's always a pleasure. (laughs) What's up, everybody? Eve here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Charleston Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And please leave us any comments. We're always looking to improve or recommend a guest. Yes, we take recommendations. Also, if you want to learn a little bit more about us and our health and human performance clinic, where we do physical therapy and performance training, please go check out madetomovept.com. Again, that's made, the number two, movept.com. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.